This is Eric from Athene, and you're listening to Iron City Rocks. Hey guys, headbangers and metalheads, this is Doral Pesh, and you're listening to Iron City Rocks, and I wish you a great time, and rock on. Hi there, boys and girls, this is Mickey D speaking uh, from Motherhead, and uh, right now we're doing touring Canada, and right now you are listening to Iron uh, City Rocks, so stay tuned, and hopefully we see you on the road, or catch on your album, The World Is Yours. <laughs> Welcome to episode 94 of the Iron City Rocks podcast. I'm your host, John. The Iron City Rocks podcast is a podcast devoted to promoting Pittsburgh's rock, hard rock, heavy metal, and blues music scene. Episode 94, we got to lick our wounds. We've lost the Super Bowl. Uh, for those of you outside of the Pittsburgh region laughing, we appreciate your sympathy. For those of you in Pittsburgh, we know that we're all in a pretty miserable mood right now. So... What I'm going to do is bring you something kind of special. I had the chance to talk to the drummer of Motorhead, Mickey D. Um, I'm sure many of you are familiar who Motorhead is. Uh, they've got a new album out uh, that just came out on the 9th of February. And also um, coming up this next week, the movie Lemmy comes out on DVD and Blu-ray. So uh, a lot of things going on in the world of Motorhead. So we took the opportunity to talk to Mickey D while he was out on the road. <laughs>
Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to welcome to the show from Motorhead, Mickey D. How are you doing today, Mick? Oh, pretty good. Thank you very much. Good, Thank good. I'm uh, catching you. You're in Vancouver tonight? Yep. Today we have uh, the first Canadian show. Excellent. Uh, one out of the five or six of them, I suppose. Excellent. Now, you um, just a couple quick questions uh, on your background. What? Um, how did you end up playing with um, uh, King Diamond back in, in the day? Uh, oh, wow. Well, we were a, a couple of guys that moved down to Copenhagen, uh, which where Merciful Faith was based. They were uh, Danish guys. And uh, we got to... I started a... Big friends with Michael Denner and Timmy Hansen. We met each other out in the, the bar scene in Denmark, and we had a band called Geisha, and they were in Merciful Fate. And then before I knew it, to make a long story short, they asked me to join the band because <laughs> Kim Russ uh, was gonna, they were gonna split it up. So, and that's that's how we we started up. Excellent. And um, I had a chance to see you back. You kind of switched gears dramatically when you played with Don Dawkin for that uh, tour, but I had a chance to see that, and I remember an incredible drum solo on that show. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Now, it was uh, after playing with King for those years and that type of music, uh, Don Dawkin, that was kind of what I was looking for, something more straight ahead, simple. Mm. Um, yeah, that, that was just so right. And then... Going over to Motorhead, that was because I felt, I mean, uh, my heart was really in the heavier division, you know, and yeah. so it was it was just a very natural uh, progression. Yeah, step to take. So here we are, 20 years later. Yeah, you're coming right up on that. How did you how did you hook up with Lemmy? Well, we toured with Motorhead '86, I believe it was, or maybe '87, with King Diamond and Motorhead. So we became really good friends and. And uh, when from there, you know, they, they asked me to join the band a couple of times over all these years that I played with uh, King and uh, Don. So, but, uh, you know, it was, I'm, I'm glad I didn't join at that point because uh, I wanted to get some more, uh, you know, to just be touring more. I mean, I wasn't ready for that band at that point, mm-hmm. you know, but uh, I couldn't have contributed as much as I do today, you know, so. Sure. Did you have to really alter your drum technique much from playing with King to going into Motorhead? Um, yeah, but you know, this type of music as Motorhead, I would say you need to be able to play a lot of different types of music. Uh, like, uh, it's not just very fast. I mean, I'm trying to put a lot of dynamics into it and, and, uh, this kind of, you know, you can't just be a rock drummer. You have to kind of master quite a lot of different styles, if you feel well, you know, to, mm-hmm. to do this, uh, play this uh, well, you know. So it, it's the hardest thing I've ever done is, is the actual motorhead stuff. You know? Yeah. Does it make it any more or less difficult being a three-piece band? Yes, uh, of course it does, because you get to, um, it's really... That, that's the hardest thing I, I usually say with with writing songs and then performing them is that that as a three piece you have to really really read and feel the music uh, before so you know what to what to play on there. You can overplay it. I say I can overplay every song here or I can underplay every song. It's 
it's a fine line what to how I arrange my drums so it fits the music. Mm-hmm. And I have to fill up certain empty gaps with maybe a little more uh certain type of drumming just to to make it sound right and 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 back off on on some other occasions you know so it 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 takes a little bit more planning and 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 uh you know just a nice feel to it so so it sounds just right you know mm-hmm. you can cover up a little easier behind more musicians sure yeah and you can't just be a metronome back there you guys um got a new album actually going to be released in the United States tomorrow the world is yours um and you yeah. you went back into the studio with Cameron Webb again who's yeah. been with you guys for quite a number of albums um is there something special about Cameron that you guys continue to go back with him yeah i definitely think so i think the last four albums we've done now kind of go a little bit hand in hand and and took us to a different level we took a little turn if you will uh, which I think was was just very healthy for the band and and for ourselves, you know. And and Cameron is such a good guy, you know, a good producer. It's again, we can't. This band can't just have a guy come in and say, I know. I mean, we had had these guys before that, that shows up and say, I know exactly how you guys are supposed to sound, and I'm gonna get you this and that, and and we just go goodbye. <laughs> yeah. It just ain't working. This. But Cameron, he's got a good good feel. He he can come in and and help us out uh, from the outside, and he's not too much, and and he's definitely you know helping us, mm-hmm. but in a good way. He knows that we know what we're doing, and and he's just adding to that. You know? Sure. Now, do you guys write in the studio, or did you have this all the material pretty well worked out before you took the studio? Yeah, we write in, in the rehearsal studio. <laughs> Yeah. But not the recording studio. We we try to get it as far as we can. Me and Phil, with the you know songwriting musically sure. and uh, take it to an eighty ninety percent, and then we piece it all together. And and uh, yeah, of course we do little changes in in the actual recording as well. You know, the the longer you, the more and longer you have a song on the table and you've played it several times, uh, you find little bits that you might want to change. You know. Mm-hmm. Now, um, out on the road, um, you know, Motorhead's kind of got certain things you kind of expect. One of the things I've often wondered, being the drummer in the band, have there been any mishaps with the, with the bomber lighting rig over the years? Yes, it has, actually. Uh, one involving me, uh, the first time I ever played with Motorhead in London, and we had the bomber. Uh, they, I had a hydraulic drum riser, kind of, so... Mm-hmm. They measured the bomber coming down when the riser was down, as as, as low as, as uh, it could go, pretty okay. much. And then when the actual show was going on, of course, it was like a three feet, four feet higher up. <laughs> so yeah. when the bomber started crashing down, he was uh, crushing my drum kit and, and myself before they could stop it. So that was pretty scary, actually. Pretty scary. Now, yeah. One of the things, I mean, you you came into the band as you mentioned almost 20 years ago, and and really over the last 20 years, and obviously with the, with the Lemmy documentary, Motorhead has become almost a living legend in that period of time. Um, and I, I I feel it seems at least from an outsider that you guys are more popular now than probably ever. Is that kind of the impression you get? I mean, do you guys kind of look at your legacy? 
Uh, well, we don't really think about it. I, I, I usually say we haven't gone anyway, anywhere. You know, mm-hmm. we we still. It's just that we get some more media attention and stuff right mm-hmm. now, maybe that because a lot of people say. Uh, wow, it's great you guys are coming back and blah blah blah, you know. And and I said we never went away, you know. It, it's it's just that sometimes, which is the natural thing, by the way, that mm-hmm. a lot of the older bands and older music styles get shoved a little bit to the side because there's some new 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 type of music coming in and and, mm-hmm. and getting most of the the media attention, you know. Sure. Which is totally natural and. Uh, but of course, it feels good that someone really uh, check out the new album, and we get the attention that I absolutely think that we do deserve, you know. And, yeah. and, and that feels good, of course. But uh, we'll do fine without it, to tell you the truth, you know. Yeah, I mean that's that's the one great thing about Motorhead. I mean, you guys have become in, in the hard rock and metal genre almost like Coca Cola. It's such a consistent product, and, and such a good product. And you know, there's no fluff, no BS. You guys aren't trying to change your sound to try to make. No, it. that 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 is probably one of of the ingredients I'd say. You know, after all these years, that that a lot of people actually uh, are saying what you just said. Like, uh, it, it's real, and and we have proven proven it over and over again that we we ain't gonna go away. Mm-hmm. We 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 are doing what we're doing best, and you know we're not changing to sell more records. Changing the music drastically from from left to right or right to left, just to to follow the trend or whatever. It, this is the three of us write what we like best, and uh, and if people like it, it, it's definitely a great bonus. Uh, but if they don't like it, that's okay too because it's our record. You know, we mm-hmm. we love it. You know, yeah, you have to satisfy yourself. We, we we write what we what we what we think is is good, and, and that's it. Yeah, well, if the the new record, the world is yours, is an indication of where you guys are headed. It's it's in the right direction, certainly. Mickey, thank you so much for taking the time out of your All schedule. Right, I know no you've problem. got a show to get out there tonight, and I wish you the best. Yep. Thank nope. you very much. All right, take care, bud. Okay, bye bye. Bye bye. You are about to enter the time machine tour. Getty Lee, Alex Lifeson, Neil Peart, an evening with Rush. April sixth, Huntington Center. Performing their classics, A Taste of the Future, and the legendary moving pictures live in its entirety. Reserve seats are on sale now at all Ticketmaster locations. The box office are charged by phone. Rush.
new album, The World Is Yours, from Motorhead. That was rock and roll music. Before the interview, we also played a song called Get Back in Line, which is another single from that same album. I want to thank Motorhead's Mickey D for taking time to come on the show. We uh, enjoyed talking. And uh, we're going to keep our fingers crossed here in Pittsburgh that uh, this uh, tour does make it to Pittsburgh. I invite all of you, uh, if you're interested in, in bands like this, uh, come out to our website, ironcityrocks.com. Uh, there's a link to our Facebook page. Post uh, all the comments uh, that you want on our Facebook wall because uh, we have the ears of some people in the area. And hopefully that uh, if you show a strong enough uh, support for these kind of bands, we can help bring them to town. also want to mention Iron City Rocks welcomes Guar on the 19th of February uh, to Mr. Smalls. And we're also uh, bringing the Bullet Boys back uh, to Pittsburgh on April 1st at the Hard Rock Cafe. So we invite you to check those out as well. And uh, also on our website, ironcityrocks.com, right there on the homepage is brand new video podcast number three. Features bands from Daniel Bar, or I'm sorry, videos from uh, Daniel Barbie, Spontaneo, and also Speed X, which is uh, the side project of Black Label Society's Nick Catney. So, invite you to check that out. And uh, we're on Twitter, Facebook, MySpace, uh, YouTube. Uh, so, and also check out our concert calendar on our website as well. So, it's been a pleasure bringing you this. And if you have any feedback, we appreciate it at uh, ironcityrocks at gmail.com or we'd very much appreciate a post on iTunes uh, review of the show. And also, one final reminder uh, by the time you listen to this, there will still be one contest we'll be currently running, which is a pair of tickets to see Cradle of Filth at Club Zoo. Cradle of Filth, uh, we interviewed Paul Allender a few episodes back. You can go to our podcast page and pull that down. In that podcast is a password you will need to uh, fill out the form online to enter to win a pair of tickets. So don't want to miss Cradle of Filth when they come to town. So enjoyed it, and we'll talk to you next time. <laughs>